0: Pray with me. Holy Spirit, as you have come to us in baptism, and you are with us each and every day, come now especially in your word, and use my words and your words that you might teach us and show us our Savior and what it means to follow him and know him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever... Prayed for someone to be healed? Have you ever prayed for someone who was sick for God to heal them? Have you ever prayed for someone to be healed and they weren't? Have you ever prayed that God would heal someone but they didn't get better and got worse? Have you ever prayed for someone to be healed of their illness? And then they died. I have. In fact, I once earned a reputation on my pastoral internship year. During seminary, uh, my seminary training, I have to do a year-long full-time internship. I was at, we were at a church in Denver, and your official title for that year is vicar. And the church I was at had a vicar every year, so rather than learn the new first name every year, people just called you vicar. Easier that way. In my first few months and in my internship as vicar, I visited many people in hospital, rehab places, nursing homes, and I would always ask them, how can I pray for you? And so one of the very first people I visited, I said, how can I pray for you? And they said, pray that I would get better and go home soon. And so I did. And then they died a few days later. <laughs> and then the next week, I visited somebody else in a care facility, and I said, how can I pray for you? And they said, pray that I get better. And I did. And then a few weeks later, they died. And then not long after that, I went to the ICU of a big hospital in Denver and prayed for a man who was barely conscious but glad to be prayed for. And and by the time I made the 30-minute drive back to the church, I found out that he had died. And this happened with like six people in my first few months or even weeks. And so so I got a nickname. The other pastors on staff there started calling me the Vicar of Death. And the senior pastor, who was my supervisor, said, Ryan, if I get sick, whatever you do, don't come visit me. <laughs> I do think this can be a challenge to our faith. We pray for God to heal people, people we love, and sometimes they don't get better. And we start to wonder does prayer work? Does God answer prayer? Well, we see that God heals some people but not others. Why did God not heal my loved one? Did I not pray enough or or get enough people praying at the same time? Did I do something wrong? Why, God, would you heal some people and not others? The gospel reading you just heard in Luke 4 shows us this in action. Jesus has begun his ministry by teaching and healing. He is casting out demons. He is healing all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and preaching the good news. And then you heard it starting at verse 40. It says, at sunset, after a long day of this then, at sunset, people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, and he laid his hands on each one and healed them and healed many people with demons who came out saying, you're the son of God, you're the Messiah. And then it says, at daybreak, so this could have happened all night then, Jesus went to a solitary place, And the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. And he said, I must go to other towns and proclaim the good news of the kingdom there too. That's why I was sent. So yes, the gospel of Jesus includes healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, and physical healing. And Jesus heals many as we see in the gospels and you see in real life today. But as people were hugging on his coat, for him to come back and do more, Jesus says, I have to go elsewhere. He says, no, not now. And then if you remember from last week, earlier in the same chapter, chapter 4, Jesus tells his own people in Nazareth, he says, I assure you there were many widows in in Israel during Elijah's time when there was that three-and-a-half-year famine, and Elijah wasn't sent to any of them. He was only sent to this widow in Zarephath. Likewise, there were many with leprosy in Israel, with Elisha the prophet in his time, yet only name in the Syrian was healed. So the challenge to our faith is this. Jesus heals, but not everybody now. In Jesus' ministry, he healed many people, but he didn't heal everybody on the earth at the time. And to some who wanted more of his time and more of his ministry, at times he says, no, I must go somewhere else now. What happens... When God doesn't heal, I think this is the faith challenge, right? What is going on when God either doesn't heal me or my loved one? What are we supposed to believe when God doesn't heal? With some of the best questions of life and faith, there aren't easy answers. So I can't give you a simple soundbite. Or a simple snippet to say, here's the. there's no easy answer to this. There isn't. But a number of truths today will guide us. If we look at a number of God's truths, they, they help guide us on our way because we will all wrestle with this, I think, at some point when God doesn't heal. So the first truth that will guide us is this. God's ultimate answer is yes. God's ultimate answer to every prayer you've ever prayed for somebody to be healed is, in fact, yes. The gospel is complete renewal and perfection of body, mind, soul, and spirit. That's why Revelation 21 talks about Jesus coming back, talks about God sitting on the throne of eternity from heaven saying, I am making all things new. It is true. God will heal. That's why Jesus came. His presence and ministry were a lot of Physical healing. God's ultimate answer to all of your prayers for healing is yes. When Jesus returns, everything will be made new. Everything broken will be made whole. Everything lost will be restored. All things made new. Everything healed fully and forever. This is God's will and God will bring this. God's ultimate answer to all your prayers for healing is yes. However, God determines God decides the timeline. Here's the hard part. I don't. You don't. When you pray for healing, you're praying for a good and godly thing, and God will ultimately answer yes, but you and I don't get to decide when. God decides the timeline. So you may be healed now, or you may be healed when Jesus returns and raises you from the dead to glory. God's ultimate answer to all your prayers for healing is yes, However, God decides the timeline. So that's the first truth I want you to hold on to when we think about when God doesn't heal. That's the first one. Here's the second one. God sees the whole picture. God sees the whole picture. Let me show you. What do you see? What is that? good guesses, sand, piece of wood, universe, (laughs) yeah, good catch-all. Almonds, of course. Here's one more. What do you see? Rope, cloth, yeah. A blue shoe, clearly. God sees the whole picture, and I think this is something that is probably hard for us to come to grips with, especially when you're the one, when you're in need and you're in pain and you're in grief and you're praying hard, but perspective does matter. We see our pain, our need, our want, and God sees more than that. God sees the whole picture. So God sees you, God loves you, God hears your prayer, God wants to hear you pray, but God also has a better vantage point than you do. That's why Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Can you trust that your loving God's thoughts are higher than yours, and his ways are eternally better than yours? Now let me pause there for a moment to say, If you are caring for someone deep in the middle of grief, who's just lost someone or going through, don't say this to them. This isn't sensitive when you're really in the middle of it, but this is still God's truth that we can think about and know. So if somebody's really struggling, really, don't just say, well, God sees the whole picture, you don't, which almost sounds like, get over it. If somebody that you're ministering to is really struggling, just listen and be there and care. But this is still true. God sees the whole picture. And I want to give you a couple examples of that where God sees the whole picture where we might only see a piece. We'll call the first example, we'll call her Joan. Joan was long estranged from her mother. Her mother was never very kind to her. And after too many Christmas visits ruined, or phone calls hung up on, Joan figured out it was better not to talk often than to put her family through that kind of stress. And they'd go months at a time without talking until that phone call came. Joan, it's mom. I have cancer. I'll probably die in six months. And with a sigh mixed with many emotions, Joan returned her call and then they started talking again. And eventually, Joan went to visit, and and the years built up, ice started to thaw. And her mom apologized for the many ways she mistreated her and all the time that was lost. And things started to thaw more and more and get better and better. And finally, when her mother took her final breaths, it was Joan holding her hand, praying for her, thankful that God worked a miracle far better than anything chemotherapy could have done. And in the end, Joan was thankful that God sees the whole picture and that she was reconciled with her mother. Here's another example. I've known people, and maybe this is you, that have had seasons where you were very far from God and hadn't been to church for a very long time, and it was in part an illness or death of a loved one that brought you back. God used it to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I love you, come back. I've seen people come to faith surrounding the death of a loved one. You see, God wants all people to come to know Him and believe in His Son, and so God sees the whole picture and has this eternal priority of people coming to know Him. And here's one more. I have also seen many of you grow in faith because of an illness that wasn't miraculously cured. I have seen people that I look up to in faith live through a long illness, and they've prayed to God for healing. It didn't happen, yet through that, they've shown others what it means to follow Jesus. I've learned from some of you, and I wonder, have you grown in faith because someone else showed you what it looked like to trust in Jesus through a long season of sickness? Amy and I have friends who are our age, and they have children, our children's ages as well, and one of them is dying of cancer. Does this make sense to me? No, of course not. And have they been praying for healing? Absolutely. She and her husband are co-pastors at the same church, and so their whole church has been praying for a few years. But because of this long, painful road, people have been coming to them and said, hey, I've learned more about what it means to follow Jesus through watching you live through this than countless sermons and Bible studies over the years. And as maybe challenging or depressing as it sounds, God uses your trials and your sickness even to grow us in faith. Why? Because God's perfect 2020 vision sees the whole picture and may have eternal things in mind. So that's the second truth when God doesn't heal. Here's the last one. Here's the third one. God has defeated your biggest enemies already. Jesus has already defeated your biggest enemies. So your biggest enemy isn't your current physical ailment. Your biggest enemy isn't your cold or your cancer. Your biggest enemies are sin, death, and the devil. And Jesus has defeated all three. Your sin and my sin, which separate us from God, Jesus defeated that. And his death and resurrection. Death. Death. Where is your sting? Where is your victory? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, they will live. And so your loved one that you've laid in the ground, Jesus said, you will get them back forever in perfection. And your own body that didn't quite heal right from that accident, one day you will be given a new perfect body for eternity. And the devil, as you see in in Luke 4, he comes after Jesus hard right at the beginning of his ministry trying to get Jesus off and tempt him and come after him. He wants to attack God and everything good. So, of course, the devil wants to whisper lies about God into your ear when your prayers aren't answered the way you'd like. And Jesus has defeated him forever. So, Jesus has defeated your biggest enemies, sin, death, and the devil. So, do you know what this means? Well, first of all, it means... Means that God loves you. You have to always remember that God calls you in His Word, calls you friend, calls you child, calls you beloved, calls you treasured possession, and He willingly bears your pain and your sin and all of your sickness and dies and rises. So when we approach something like when God doesn't heal, here I want to put them all three on for you at once. I think we have to remember that God's ultimate answer is yes, but God determines when. Second, God sees the whole picture. And third, God has already defeated your biggest enemies. Now, if you didn't write those down or take those with, let me put it even shorter into one that I hope you will take with. If you can read it, say it with me. God loves me, and God is God. Say it again. God loves me... And God is God. When you pray for healing, say, God loves me and God is God. When you wrestle with God's will, when your loved one is not healed now, you have to tell yourself, God loves me and God is God. When you wrestle with God in faith and wonder why He didn't answer your prayer the way you wanted, why He didn't heal your loved one, you are still His treasured possession. You are still beloved. You are still one for whom Jesus died. And you are one whom Jesus will call your name and raise you perfectly healed in every way to eternity. And So we keep telling ourselves, God loves me, and God is God. Say it again. God loves me, and God is... Now close your eyes and say it. God loves me, and God is God. Now may the peace that passes our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus.